0: Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is Olivia. She has juvenile rheumatoid arthritis and Bichette's. Let's talk about it. Well, this is, uh, this is very exciting. We're sitting down with our, our new friend, Olivia, all the way from Boston, Massachusetts. Ma- Boston Massive Two-Shits. So that's wow. how I, I had to pronounce it when I was a kid. That is a, <laughs>
0: <laughs> a really I big...
3: learned it that
2: way. Wow. See, what's up?
0: Wait, wait. Is, uh, is, is Boston, I, I was thinking of send it to Zoom 02134, is that in Boston? You know Zoom, the show?
1: Oh, what? Uh, like o- the kid two show. 02134. Are you talking yes, about uh, the zip code? Are you talking about the zip yeah, code?
0: What's the 02134 zip code? <sighs> Dude. Sounds like a. (laughs) You are asking the wrong person. Olivia
2: is just like I don't know what the fuck anybody (laughs) is talking about. Please.
3: O two one, that's definitely in the
2: right area. I don't know about the last two. O two one, you got that. There we go. All right. So Olivia, um, uh, the reason I'm so excited to talk to you today is because we're going to talk about something that we haven't talked about in a little while. um, But on top of that. There's, there's something else that you're dealing with that I don't think I've ever heard of before. So, so firstly, um, juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, we are somewhat familiar with, um, with that disorder since we've talked about it on the show a couple of times now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also have, and an correct my pronunciation of this, is it Beckett? Bichette. Bichette's. Yeah. Uh, is that, okay, so A, what is Bichette's? And is that somehow tied to juvenile rheumatoid arthritis? Are they comorbid with one another?
3: So Bichette's is like, it's a super rare autoimmune disease and um, it's it affects like your vascular system. And the symptoms are very, because of how rare it is and there's not many like rheumatologists that like, special, like specialize in that. Um, it's kind of hard for uh, doctors to kind of, understand what is coming from Bichette's and what could be coming from a different thing. And so the way that they found my Bichette's was uh, because of like mouth ulcers. Like as a kid, I would always get really bad, like mouth ulcers anytime I was sick, kind of like instead of a fever, um, I would, they would present in that way. And um, so that's how they figured out that I had the Bichette's. And the way that it ties in is kind of just like the way that they kind of described it was that not that it stemmed from something, but they just kind of talked about like the coupling of like autoimmune diseases and how like usually when there's one, there's a second and they, mm. they were just like, this is your second one.
2: Okay. So I'm on the Bichette's Wikipedia page. And what do you think is the image? You know how like Wikipedia always has like a real handy fucking image to be like, this is the thing. So like the CF um Wikipedia page, I would guess is probably like, uh, like, maybe a, like a baby with like a... Like, like a graphic like using, or a photo? No, like a photo, like a photo. Like okay, a photo, okay, like, okay. like often, I think the CF one, I'm, I have no idea what it is. I'm guessing it's a baby using an nebulizer or something like that. Like a kid with a nebulizer or something. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think the Bichette's is? What do you think the image would be?
0: Uh, I think it would be somebody holding their mouth open and then they just have a bunch of like, like bubbling, blistering right. mouth ulcers.
2: <clears throat> that's a really good guess you because know, if you Google Bichette images, that comes up a bunch.
1: Like the but one, all the Google images with great lighting.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Prime lighting. Yeah. But that's not this. Wait, wait, wait what was the
0: you... one that we Googled? That was it. Wasn't a Wikipedia page, but it was the. Like um, a, um, uh Mayo Clinic. Mayo Clinic Mayo Clinic and it was the hepatitis C. one it was this it guy was with like tattoos it, with like it, a it dirty needle. A dirty sailor? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was that was, that was problematic. Yeah,
2: it was. Uh do
1: you have any guesses? I had a very similar image in my head that Brian okay. described.
2: Okay. It's not either of the it's not that. Um but what it is is maybe one of the fucking gnarliest photos I've seen in a long time. Ready for, I don't think you're going to like this bry. Whoa. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? No it's like
0: the eye of Sauron. It, Olivia like,
2: can't <laughs> see it, but this is it's a crazy eyeball <laughs> that looks like it's all milked out. Oh, wow.
0: And and got, and it's like really, re- there's no whites <laughs> to the eyes at all. It's all red. Olivia is nodding her head, but I was actually like looking closer at the computer screen to see if when you said Olivia can't see this, I was like, wait, are her eyes <laughs> <laughs> fucked up like that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what's going on with your eyes? <laughs>
3: so that's the thing i actually do have to go to the eye doctor like so much more than anyone else because not only like the juvenile rheumatoid arthritis also fucks with your eyes really badly and i don't even know what the condition is called that i could possibly have but like essentially the juvenile rheumatoid arthritis coupling with the the sheds could cause me to go blind so i have to like go to the or like maybe not complete blindness but like cause really bad like issues Mm. with my eyes so like they do it like Bichette's like manifest in the weirdest ways. And because it's so rare that like anytime something like new comes up from it, people are like, well, yeah, that's just the Bichette's like acting like it was like a known thing. So it's right. a very weird,
2: very weird disease. So let's, let's rewind then. Cause you're only, you're only 20 years old. Yeah. Um, let's rewind to, to like the time in your life when you know either you or your 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 parents started to kind of make the realization that like okay Olivia there's something there's something going on with Olivia's health
3: so um I, my first recollection of like ever be like feeling like there was something wrong was uh, in like gym class in third grade. And I would just, my ankles would swell up really badly. And I would like go to the nurse and she'd be like, did you fall? And I'd be like, no. And so it started to, like by the fifth time that happened, she was like, all right, we have fire mom because something's up. So, uh, you know, ERs, like specialist, things like that. And I kept on, they kept on being like, it's tendonitis or it's just, you know, sore, something like that, you know, ice, elevation, Advil. For years, ice elevation, Advil, mm-hmm. and then um, when I was in sixth grade, uh, October of my sixth grade, uh, I got diagnosed with uh, juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. And at that point, they had to put me in a cast because of how bad, like just the swelling, just to control that and everything. Oh my uh, so, god! Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, I didn't even know. I didn't even know that was a thing. Like you were, like you're what it, was? It, it, it the, sounds
1: like the thing that uh, Doctor Honey told us about
2: the witch doctor. Yeah. Right. Right. Totally. Yeah. Where, where, where was the cast? Was it like, it was on like, which joint was it on?
3: My ankle, my ankles um, are really what got hit the hardest ever. I I will, I'll get like stiffness and soreness in my knees and my wrist and sometimes my elbows. So it's really Mm -hmm. just like those four main, like, you know, connectors, but they had to cast my ankle. For like a month or two And then they had to put it, me in a boot So like I was I
2: was in Whoa. a walking boot for Oh after that, poor dude, fucking dude, thing as, like a, as such a young A young woman Like fucking being in a cast And then, yeah. having, and then having to wear a boot To boot yeah. you know, like that's
0: uh, I was, I was wondering to too boot. When what you were saying that? that like When yeah, you were in like grade three or whatever and, you're, and your ankles were swelling up from gym class Were you coming home from school like My ankles are like showing your parents Your ankles and and like I'm, I'm imagining that if I had a kid and they came home and did that, I'd be like, "How hard are you playing? Yeah, in yeah. gym, like, yeah, do we need to teach like- you how to teach you how to properly kick a <laughs> like, soccer ball? Like, do yeah, you just, are you, do you have no ability to regulate the intensity in which you played play games at? Or well, I was
3: never really like I played sports as a kid, but really just because my siblings did. But like, I wasn't good at them at all, and so it was a little, my parents were like a little confused because like I wasn't the one like running circles around other kids. Like if anything, I'm the one who's like, can we please take a break like out of breath? So like it was very like, I don't think they ever kind of thought that like it was me going too hard. I think my mom instantly kind of thought something was up just because of like the way that like Cause like even before that, like I would always be like the sibling that got like sick, like you know, like I would always bring the cold home, and I would always like that was always me. And so mm-hmm. I think that like it kind of like it like once it was set off to my mom, she like was like, ooh, something's up." Mm-hmm. Especially
1: when when there's not like a um like anytime I anytime I do something, anytime I have like a pain or something, and I can't draw a direct line back to why I have that, I my brain starts to be like what the fuck is going on here? Like, it's not, I didn't, I didn't, I have this pain in my neck right now and I'm going for the last week I've been going, did I thrash my head at some point? Was I trying to like play a character and I just like banged my head around and forgot that I did, which was
0: like what, like that would have made sense when you were 19 at bars. That's what I, that's
1: what I likened it to. I thought, I thought to myself, this feels like I went to a bar, I was uh, dancing really. I believe he's only
2: twenty, and the drinking age in the U.S. is twenty-one. So <laughs> yes, like, so I'm, right, right? Yes, I'm sure it's, it's
1: yes. I know, and it's keep impo- it p- keep it fucking PG. Totally right? impossible to have a drink before you're twenty-one <laughs> in the United States. And uh, and and so I, anytime I feel like that, I'm always trying to draw draw it back. I mean, I guess at that age, you know, maybe you're not maybe you're not thinking as. Uh, like l- logically it's not the way I like that as like structured as that of going hmm like what did I do and uh what did I could is this something that I can directly remember that I did like you just end up with these swollen ankles and you're like my fucking ankles
2: are swollen yeah. what the fuck's going <laughs> like, on? well
3: I also didn't really understand what swollen was when I was right. at young and so like I'd be like mom my ankle hurts and she'd be like oh my god like it yeah. is huge and I was just kind of like I, like, I didn't, I couldn't fully gauge, Whoa. like, what was swollen and, like, what wasn't. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so it was, like, really weird. And, like, I'd be like, mom, my ankle hurts. And she like, well, is it swollen? And I'd be like, beats me. Like, I'll pull out the dogs. Like, you should check for yourself. But, like, <laughs> in, I never, like, I didn't know.
1: In hindsight, like, knowing, you know, I, I want to continue on that, on that path of, like, you discovering um, that this is rheumatoid arthritis, but in, in hindsight of knowing that you end up being diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis and before that started to kick off, I know immune autoimmune disorders are very, are very strange in the way that, like you said, if you have one, you can have another. And you know, it can kind of present in all these weird ways prior to that. Like, have you ever had any discussions with your parents where they were like, Oh yeah. And you kind of had this thing and that thing that was kind of, we didn't really understand what was going on. And then, um, Like, was there anything before the rheumatoid arthritis that, that was in hindsight showing signs that you maybe had an autoimmune thing that was coming on?
3: Well, it's interesting because like autoimmune, yes, because of the way that I would always get sick and the way that like a common cold would like knock me out for a week and I would have like really high fever. So like in that sense, yes. But like in the like fragility of like joints, like I never, like I broke one bone before my diagnosis. Like I had never, because- Even so now, like, as I go on, like, my bones get more and more, like, fragile almost because, like, shortly after my diagnosis, I, like, broke my foot in, like, eight places because of just, like, the the sense of, like, the the disease. And so in the, like, joint sense, no, there was nothing that, like, came before, but in, like, the, like, autoimmune, like, yes. Mm
0: -hmm. Man, do you guys (laughs) feel like it's, like, like, cool to break bones. I mean, and I mean that I thought that, I, that it was
2: when I was a teenager. I yeah. mean,
0: that in the sense that like you guys have both broken your <laughs> collarbones, right?
2: Yeah, dude, it's a f- fuck yeah, bro.
0: <laughs> but like, I, yeah, like yeah, I've, dude. I've never broken a, a bone, at least not that I can think of off the top of my head. And I, I feel. You've like, never broken a bone before. And I feel. Look at
2: this fucking loser, dude! <laughs> what a
0: loser, right, right Olivia? I, I feel oh like it's God. Like, God. like you suck, dude. Like, 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 am I not playing hard enough? Or like, am <laughs> I not? Like, it makes me feel like maybe I'm just living life with like, dude. Okay, less intensity well, than yeah, people who the, are cool with the brakes on. Yeah, man, go hard. Sleep in your dead. Fucking break yeah, out every bone in and, your body. And so, Olivia, like, like knowing <laughs> that, I mean, just with your foot alone, you broke like eight bones. You, how cool! do you feel? What's it like being so cool?
3: <laughs> the thing was like, for, well, you know, the cool color cast, so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but like, at the time, I was so embarrassed yeah. because I went from being in sixth grade, having a cast for a month or so, and then going into that boot. And then in seventh grade, I broke my foot and I couldn't walk for like six months to the point where like, people thought I was faking it. I was like, going to ask. I mean, you, yeah. in that grade, like, yeah. yeah, sixth, and seventh grade, people...
2: Oh, sorry. I was gonna say, was seventh grade a new school for you as well? Like, did do you no, guys? Tra- so no. So I okay, went to okay.
3: Catholic school. So I went, ah, I went yes. to the Catholic school. It was. I went to the same school from second to eighth grade, and so it was all the same. Like dickheads being like, oh, "There's <laughs> Olivia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, Get on crutches,
2: boot girl." Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, wow! Yeah. I, I, <laughs> Jeremy just bullied you. <laughs> no, <laughs> that was. Horrible. I mean, I'm assuming they would have said boot. I never would have said boot girl. No, you never. No, never. No. You never would have done no, that. No, I wasn't. A bu- I was yeah. not a bully. Actually, you horrible, actually, horrible person. You luck. know what? I was a bully in junior high, and then I realized how shitty that is. And then in high school, I went out of my way to be extra non-bullyish, uh, and that's uh, and that's how I became friends with every friend group. Olivia, when and when, that's when, that's why I don't have any. <laughs> friendships that are aside from you guys that are really solid i'm just
0: kind of friends with everyone (laughs) (laughs) and that's a problem (laughs) uh olivia did you go into a catholic school did you did like people think that you were possessed by a devil or something because your your foot wouldn't heal (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. were were the demons in your ankles
3: (laughs) so like actually like it it sounds silly but people did like so because like tying into like what happens later on i had a very unsettled stomach all of the time Mm. and so when i was in second grade and i made my first communion growing up i didn't like bread Bread, i hate bread and so i got the body of christ which is just bread (laughs) and i eat it and i instantly like I throw up my mouth and like don't know how like how well versed (laughs) you are in first communion.
2: She's rejecting the body (laughs) of Christ, (laughs) (laughs) and
3: so it's a bunch of eight-year-olds in like little mini wedding dresses. And like the girl next to me is in her like first communion dress. I'm like trying so hard to not throw up on her, and so like that continued throughout the entirety of like. Of my, being in Catholic school and like you can't get a doctor's note in Catholic school. Like they're they're gonna say that's Christ. So like yeah, it came to the point where like every time I had to get the communion because we would have mass every Friday. And so every time to get the communion, my teacher would have to like bring me to the bathroom and like she would like watch me take it and then be like don't throw up Christ you can't you can't throw up Christ oh, like, oh my god, god.
2: <laughs> oh
3: no <laughs> she, fourth grade my one teacher got like unblessed body of Christ like the, not the blessed kind, but just like the wafers you can get on like I don't know like jesus.com and like she would like pull me to the side of the classroom <laughs> and like have me like pop one once a week to like up my build your tolerance yo guys
2: we, wow. we need some fucking body of Christ crackers ordered to the studio That sat. is
1: that is so wild. I'm like That's I am I am just like
2: I'm picturing
1: I'm picturing like like a nun a, a nun with like a with 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 the priest like in a side conversation after <laughs>
2: mass being like did you see that? Did you see did you, <laughs> guys How did you, see, did how you much, see what she did? How much do you think jesus.com cost? Uh, Cuz you go to jesus.com directs you to metropolitancommunitychurches.com or .org that, that is
0: a, they, they own Jesus.com. That's a valuable domain. It's that definitely is. a valuable yeah. domain. Oh, I whoa. We should like... buy the the Web3 domain for
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Somebody <laughs> probably already owns I,
0: um, <laughs> I, I want to say, though, too, just, just because I want to stay on this for, for weirdly a little bit longer, um, <laughs> it's funny because. If you think of like the bodily mo- function that sounds the most like you're being possessed, it's definitely throwing <laughs> up. Throwing up for sure. Exorcism. Yeah. Yeah. Dude,
1: have you seen the exorcism when she throws up on?
0: I've seen a real life exorcism. Oh, that's right. You've oh, and it was, wow. it one. Maybe I, maybe we should go through that story again on Feel Good Friday after yeah, this. Absolutely, Yeah. Anyway, I'm
2: Olivia. I just just for the sake of uh, of our listeners, maybe we have we have like some new listeners or. Or, um, or even like even folks that you might know who who end up hearing this episode and, and they don't really know what uh, juvenile rheumatoid arthritis is. Can you give us your sort of breakdown of what you understand this disease to be?
3: Yeah. So the way that I kind of had, especially because I was diagnosed at a younger age, and since like it had to be explained to me so simply, um, basically my immune system. Uh, thinks that my joints are bad and that my joints are, are not supposed to be where they are. So um, it attacks, like it attacks it. And that's mm. kind of like the elementary way that like I have always told people and that like I was told when I was younger, but like it just causes a uh, super bad inflammation in different joints. And like, it's obviously it presents different and like everyone, but for me, it's mostly my ankles, like mm. I said.
2: And then, and then, so just to kind of tie back to the Bichette's, When did, when, when did you end up with that diagnosis and and what was the, what was the, like, what was the catalyst to finding out that you have this really, really rare uh, autoimmune disorder?
3: So I am originally from South Jersey in like the Philadelphia area and so all my life I went to Children's Hospital Philadelphia which is like one of the best children's hospitals in uh in the country and so when I went to school I uh which is in Boston and I kind of I was like Fine at the moment, like I was. I was doing okay to the point where, like at the minimum, I got to school. I didn't have to seek out specialists right away, and then I started having really bad GI issues uh, halfway through my freshman year. And so I went and saw a GI specialist up uh, at Tufts in Boston. And when I was kind of like introducing my story to this GI specialist, she would I would kind of like bark out symptoms, and she would just like snap around like that sounds like this, like that sounds like this. That was like a bunch of different like different uh, specialists. And so like, she kind of, she heard this story and like sent me to three different specialists. And she was like, this sounds like the Schatz disease. And I was just like, bless you. Like, what did you just say? (laughs) And she was just like, you should go see a rheumatologist again. If you haven't seen a rheumatologist in like six months, you should go check on your rheumatologist. And then we got sent home because of COVID. And then, so I followed up with my rheumatologist back at CHOP, who I'd been seeing since (laughs) I was in sixth grade. And, um, on my 19th birthday, I was diagnosed with the Bichette's after a uh, blood test and just kind of like it, since it's so rare and there's not much to pinpoint, it's kind of like, a, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, this is, we can assume you have it. So we're going to go ahead and call it a diagnosis.
1: Right. Yeah. And, and what are the, and I know you mentioned the mouth ulcers, was that the main, was that the main thing or was there anything that else that kind of came along with it that led down this road of getting that diagnosis?
3: Um, it was the mouth ulcers. And then also there are some articles that kind of say that um, uh, stuff like GI track issues can be caused by the chefs. So I think uh, that like those two coupled together mm. kind of led to that idea.
2: Yeah. Now, GI issues are something that you are becoming more and more familiar with. I know. Um, yeah. Uh, one thing that I would like to kind of dive into is this whole term of uh, quote failure to thrive. Um, can you tell us about your, your most like recent hospitalization and, and what, what came of that?
3: Yeah. So, um, starting, it, I mean, this all started that that time in my halfway through my freshman year. So from that point, which was January, 2020, all the way until April, 2021, I couldn't eat anything without throwing it up. So like anytime wow. I ate like anything, it would come back up uh, within like 30 minutes.
0: Whoa. For yeah. over a year
3: yeah for over a year and a half and so it like sorry i didn't mean to like one up you there
0: <laughs> No, no, <laughs> it's, actually, no. 18 months. Yeah, it's yeah. actually one downing yeah. like not being able to eat for longer like that's kind of a more of a bummer yeah. <laughs> um but but how did you eat then like how did you get well how did you get nourishment i didn't
3: and that was the issue so it was a very very down downward slope so it started um In January and it was very mild then it was kind of just like every I was like I'm throwing up more than someone should be throwing up and then so that kind of started unlock that COVID happened so I was kind of just in my house for a while and not I was eating but throwing up but like it was it it was not great but like there was nothing I could do about it because no one like no doctors were doing anything and so um when doctor's offices start to open back up in about June I went and saw my GI at uh, children's hospital in Philadelphia And um, from there, we could just see like drastic weight drop, like from January or from that like June visit, just every time I'd go to the doctors, it'd be like 10, 10 pounds down, 12 pounds down, like just keep going down. And so um, during my sophomore year of college, I kind of was just always in this state of like dizziness, like super bad fatigue, like my hair was falling out. I was losing a bunch of weight and I just wasn't getting any (laughs) nourishment.
0: Well, are you trying to go to school at the same time?
3: Yeah. Like, how
0: could you even focus?
3: um, So what kind of worked out in my favor, and I say that very lightly because like looking back on it, that was not probably something I should have done. But what kind of pushed me to go back to school was the fact that like the doctors, while they were concerned, they weren't really figuring anything out. So I didn't have a concrete reason to be like, I can't go to school. Mm-hmm. And what had aided to this was the fact that we were hybrid. So two days out of the week, I was doing online school, which was like fine. And like during that time and during that semester, everyone was very like, there's a lot of grace going around because people were like, we're literally in the midst of the pandemic.
2: Mm-hmm. So
3: that's how I was able to do school.
2: Yeah, that's, that's going to be really like, I mean... <clears throat> Fuck! Being a full-time student is is hard enough as it is, and then when you start to pile on, like really intense health issues, um, and and like medical trauma, like that's, I mean, uh, I mean if it like I can't, I I have a hard, pandemic, I, yeah, 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 during a fucking pandemic, like <laughs> and just
1: like I, prolonged, prolonged malnourishment. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, you, you know, you, I mean, you you have. You have insight and and experience with with malnourishment (laughs) and like it's some it's something that it's something that is is like really central to like all the the sort of like symptom not symptoms but like repercussions of malnourishment you know something that we've heard a lot about in the context of speaking to people who have dealt with eating disorders and how that can you know like affect just like the the function of your the function of your brain. Mm-hmm. And the function of your organs. And you're already dealing with an autoimmune issue. And, you know, you're de- you're dealing with things that aren't really, you know, <clears throat> the, the machine isn't working quite as, you know, as well as you'd, you'd like it to already. And then, you know, stack on top of that, the, the fact that you're not getting the nutrients that keep the machine going in general. Um, Like how it, it being like looking back at that from a state of uh, uh, of right now which i'm assuming is you know some pretty good relative health to then mm-hmm. like what are some of the major like cognitive differences that um that you experienced in just going through a time where where you just weren't getting the nutrients that your body needs
3: um i can remember pretty clearly I've, I've always had like a very sharp memory growing up. Like my mom used to say that I had a photographic memory and I remember just like not being able to remember those things anymore. And like to this day, I can, I, I see that like I have, I lost that. I like, and I can't like remember things the way that I used to. And like, I, I'm more forgetful than I was before. Um, And so I don't know if that's like a permanent thing or just like a coming back thing, but I do, I do attribute that to that and like Mm. even just like you know like nails and like hair Mm. like that it's like ruined
0: Mm. Um Ooh. the memory thing could be just age, you know, old age. Like uh, yeah, you're, you're twenty. I noticed things, when I hit thirty it yeah, was just things start to change when you hit twenty. <laughs> Either that or it's it's all
2: this all the all the devils in you. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's true.
0: There's a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> have you been have you been exercised <laughs> With an O.
1: Exorcised. Are you tired of hearing the same old wellness advice? It's time to dig deeper and listen to America Dissected from Crooked Media, the podcast that's cutting into the science, culture, and policy that shapes our health. From doctors fighting for their rights to the surprising truths about sunscreen, America Dissected dives deep into the state of health. Tune in every Tuesday for new episodes of America Dissected, available on all major
2: podcast platforms. So back to back to failure to thrive. Um, you just recently, uh, well, I guess I'll let you say it. What was the what was the um what was the solution there to the yeah, the fact so that you c- can't eat?
3: I want to I want to, I want to note through this day because this was a, a crazy day. So it's my last day of my sophomore year. Um, I have, it's, I had three classes on my Monday, Wednesday schedule. So it's Wednesday. Um, I had a 10 AM and then every, you know, going on. So I was like, okay, I can squeeze in a quick 8 AM doctor's appointment before I go back home. Cause I was supposed to go home that Friday. I get this doctor's appointment, you know, they weigh me, weights down, like whatever. I'm just like sitting back, relaxing, getting ready to do two finals that day. I had two finals. Doctor comes in, we have to hospitalize you. And so they hospitalized me right then and there and Whoa. they don't, Yeah. And so I had to like frantically call my teachers being like, I cannot do this final. Um, And they were very understanding, which was great. But, you know, they put me in the hospital and after five days of hospitalization and them trying to do more tests and blood work and stuff, um, they ended up placing an NG tube, which is a feeding tube that goes through your nose into your stomach. Um, And that was really hard, just kind of like as like I was expecting to have a normal last day of school. And then now I'm In the
0: hospital with a
2: feeding tube. Yeah. How gnarly is a fucking feeding tube? I've had it a few times. Thankfully, it wasn't like I I've had it a number of times, but I was really it was a long, long time ago. But uh and I have bad memory, like really bad memory. And that the memories of getting a feeding tube shoved up my fucking nose down into my stomach is just like so traumatizing. And yeah, I remember. I don't know if you had this experience, but like when when they're doing it, they're they they're like constantly telling you to swallow, 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 swallow swallow, while it's going down. And I have a super intense gag reflex. So so it would be like halfway down and then I would gag and throw up and the tube would come out of my fucking mouth. So then they got to pull it back out of my nose
0: from my mouth and try again. That's the worst. That reminds me of almost exactly the same thing. I bet is when I sneeze, when I have my Invisalign in and it comes loose (laughs) in my mouth. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's almost exactly as traumatic. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
3: Did you have like the thick feeding tube or like the thinner one?
2: I, I think it was a thinner one when I was, when I was a kid. Yeah.
3: So when they gave me in, like they only did this at the hospital in Boston. Like when I told this at the hospital in Philly, they literally were like, what the fuck? they gave me the kind of feeding tube that they give to like someone that comes into the hospital unconscious. Like they gave me the type of feeding tube that they give people in a coma. And like, I'm a small person. It was literally like the size of my pinky, or I would say the size of my thumb being shoved up my nose down and like I literally, when they took it out, my nose started bleeding, and I was oh walking up blood. And I was like, "Guys, I don't think we use the right size." I was like, "I'm, I'm not a doctor here, but I don't think we use the right size."
1: Yeah, do I need? Can I get a? Can I just get the? Can I get the? Can I get the the, the medium size? I at seriously, least?
3: I was like, at least. I was like, can we run to the pediatric ward real quick? Is any me one of those thin ones?
0: It was oh, a new yeah, doctor, yeah. and they're like, I, "I swear it's one size fits all," and then the like, <laughs> the, no, it's not. The, the <laughs> other doctor's is <laughs> like, "Ah, uh, actually, I had, a, uh,
1: I had a, I had a." I had a friend in, uh, I had a friend when I was, when I was like, uh, we were probably 12 or 13. He had Crohn's and he had a feeding tube all the time. And, um, and we played hockey with and against each other. And he, he kept the tube in while he played, but it was like detached from, he had like a pack that he wore around. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but when we would, we would do like hockey camps and stuff together in the summer, um, where, you know, we'd be together all day and, you know, you know, the, the, like when you just get up to silliness when you're just at a camp and you're just with the same people all day long. He would like pull it out and put it back in, and oh like God. and like and like yank it and oh do my all God. this crazy oh shit. My Lord. Do all this <laughs> crazy shit with us, and we'd all just be like, "Whoa, dude, uh, that is so
0: gnarly!" It's actually, yeah. uh, it's it's would be cool. Like, I mean, th- I feel like it's cheating to to be eating while you're playing a sport because you know you're just constantly staying nourished and like. The rest of the yeah, team, like, that's, is per, it, so that's like, a performance. In yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I can't I be pulling like that shit in the sh- Olympics. Be, like, well, yeah, we like, did like, petition.
1: Yeah, we petitioned oh, to like, have like, him removed from the league, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: and, and it probably was successful, right? Olivia, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> Olivia, you have this this feeding tube put in, but is that um, what, like where people can't see you right now? Uh, but you, it doesn't look like you have a feeding tube in your nose yeah. right now. Yeah. Right?
3: So in November, um, since it was so long term, they had to switch to a G tube which is surgically emplaced in into my stomach. And so that was like um, a like, rubber disc that was on the surface of my stomach and then about like 18 centimeters coming out. And it was just like tube. It was just like tubing. And then in January, they switched it to a low profile one that like literally just looks like there's like a button on my stomach.
1: Whoa. So it looks like I had, like a
3: second belly button. Yeah. So
1: this is like, this is, is this, so this is a... Is it permanent? Is it like your feeding tube for the foreseeable future?
3: For the time being, um, as of right now, I'm still um, 95% calorically dependent on a feeding tube. I don't eat anything by mouth to nourish myself. I still eat by mouth just like, you know, because like it's a it's a, it's a like, a, like a societal taste. thing. Like, yeah. And like, you know, going out with like friends and stuff, it's like I, I want to eat. Like, so I throw it up. But I do sometimes eat um, just for the fun of it but I'm 95% (laughs) calorically dependent on this for like for my nutrients. Um, And so the hope is to get that down and then to only have to use it. um, Like if I try to eat, if I'm like, if I'm ever able to start eating uh, orally again to like Mm. only do that when I throw up.
2: And, And how do you work to get that down? Like how do you work towards increasing the amount of calories you can intake orally?
3: So they had me on since I was so severely malnourished, they had me on about 3000 calories a day in the summer, Mm -hmm. which is like a lot for a 20 year old girl. And so um, they were able to bring that back down once they start starting to see my weight restore. Mm -hmm. And so that's how they initially brought things down. And then like the way that I now like earn more like more like less time on the pump is just by showing that like if I'm too full, like if I feel that bloated feeling for my full dose, they'll like bring it down. Mm-hmm. Um, right now I'm on it for 18 hours a day. So I get six hours off um, and I usually uh, use those six hours for when I go to rehearsals. Mm-hmm. And so I have uh, a book bag that is, um, I like guess adapted for my wiring to go through and for my pump mm-hmm. to sit in. And it
2: just, and it just like those hours of the day, it's constantly like pushing. F- um, yeah mush into you like what is the yeah idea?
3: so it's it's formula um it's how it's what i call it um it's Pepmin 1.5 which means that's a Pepmin. it's a pep it's I don't know, a peptide whatever based formula um that just has everything that i need in it nothing that i don't and uh it's so it's 1.5 calorie per milliliter so it's 250 milliliters so mass so it's about like 300 ish calories per can of that and right now i'm on i think Fifteen thousand milliliters, or no, fifteen hundred milliliters a day of that. So it it runs out to like seventy five milliliters an hour. So it's constantly running, but it only pushes seventy five <laughs> milliliters. In an
0: hour. Wow. Uh, what are you? I'm curious about the like. I I feel like the the cons of having um to uh to feed yourself that way are like are are fairly obvious. But I'm curious about the pros in terms of like. One, I think of like, what do you do with the time that you save from not having to do dishes? Oh, (laughs) Um, well,
3: not only that, is that like, like, yes, like saving a lot of time and like also chores, like when I go home for the holidays, like my mom's like, can someone do the dishes? And I'm like, I know for... A god given fact that it will not be me. Um, <laughs> yeah. like, I know that I'm not touching that dishwasher. <laughs> yeah. But like, even like <laughs> skipping like meals, like I can like yeah. I am able to like jam pack my schedule like You're productive as classes. fuck. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I don't have to stop for meals, and like people are always like, "Did you get time to eat?" And I'm like, "I've been doing it 18 hours a day. Like no <laughs> yeah. need." Yeah,
0: yeah. And also like um um in terms of like the the way that the nutritionist designs or whatever the formula is for you. I assume that you're actually probably getting exactly what you need in terms of nutrients. Whereas like, you know, if I go home and make a meal, if I'm not considering what I'm putting into my body and I just like have a, a make a pizza or something
1: or a loaf of whole loaf or of bread,
0: I am, I bought six bagels this morning and I ate all of them already. I'm oh super my God, bad dude. for that.
1: Very what?
0: Yeah, <laughs> dude, you what are wait, your wait, shits like, Wait, wait, I bought six bagels, and when I bought so the six dense. bagels, I bought two bagel breakfast sandwiches. I ate both of those bagel breakfast sandwiches. Brought the loaf of six, the bag of six bagels home, and have eaten all of those You've bagels had eight since then. You're gonna eat bagels you're today you're gonna, with six eggs. You're gonna give yourself celiac disease. <laughs> I don't think I can. Yeah. I just basically this is my life. You, you know. are you are you, you know are what? gluten.
1: We're, <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> walking gluten. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna revisit that on our
0: own. So, uh, so anyway, anyway, but so. like, but I guess like, do you? I mean, would you notice the benefits of like having you know getting a balanced, nutritious diet, or are there any cons to that? Yeah, what are you missing? What do you yeah. what are you missing from not
1: having food? There must be something missing because like, like the eating because
2: you know other than the pleasure
1: right because because you know if it was that optimal then you know you'd have we'd probably have people going like oh, f- sign, eating. Me up, sign me up yeah. for the feeding tube
2: i mean this is like you with the catheter like you like you're you're almost to the point where you're wanna, willing to yeah insert a catheter so you don't have to go pee for productivity sake. for productivity yeah. sake yeah, yeah well yeah it's like the
3: same as that because like i mean there are actually like um, I mean, I've read about this just because trying to do like research on my new normal, but there are diets where like doctors will put in a feeding tube for someone to either give them this nutrients or to like, kind of, this is going to sound weird, but like to put the feeding tube into their stomach. And then so that after they eat something, they can syringe it out.
2: What? Wow. Why? Because yeah. that's no. another thing. It's like, no.
3: it's like I can syringe anything in or out of my no. like No, no. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Can you yeah. syringe a full carrot into your tube?
3: Well, like if I like liquefied it, yeah.
2: <laughs> not a not a whole hard carrot. You can't go whoop, and just goes in there and it's like up, up. <laughs> Jeremy Jeremy lives Jeremy lives inside a cartoon in his head.
3: Well, like it is funny because sometimes it is cartoonish because like the way that the button is set up on my stomach is that there's like a little a little thing on top of it to like close it. And like sometimes like I'll like feel like my stomach like moving and like the thing will just like pop open, i then like, girl, what are you doing? like Whoa, wow.
2: Man, it, like uh, uh, feed I, <laughs> I know I know you're only twenty, but uh in a year. You could just, you could take a, you could take a a double IPA and just fucking squirt that in there. And and then you're, you're set for the day. Bypass your liver entirely. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) totally. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. That
3: was always the joke when I first got the feeding tube was like, was like, well, can I, like, can you do tequila shots through it? And like, I had a teacher (laughs) ask me, like, like I, just after I got the surgery, um, she was like, how are you feeling? And I was like, fine. Like, you know, it's a little sore. Second question, boom! Right off the bat, can you put wine in it? And I was uh, like, "Yeah, yeah." yeah, yeah. We're, <laughs> yeah. We're,
2: we're, we're gonna get an email from someone who thought I was serious there, and, and be fucking <laughs> yeah. totally irate. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious about, um, like, have you, because this is new, and and you're you you are. It seems like it's something that you're going to be um, dealing with for for at least this extended period of time. Right. Um, have you? Can you speak to, like, stigma surrounding feeding tubes and, like, have you faced any stigma around that?
3: Yeah. So, like, there's this idea of, like, feeding tubes are kind of only for something people that are, like, currently in the hospital. And, like, I mean, true, you don't see somebody walking around with a feeding tube every day, but, like, it is something that, like, happens like even with that if you do any research on feeding tubes and like google anything it is only surrounded around children so like being an adult with a feeding tube has been super weird Mm. because like like if you google like like when i was getting the procedure to get the the g-tube put in i was like g-tube insertion and it was like all these children hospitals Mm. it was like no no adult hospitals did any like write up on it or any information and then like um, last week was feeding tube awareness week. And like they had a whole Instagram for it. Like, I don't know, feeding tube association, whatever. And it was like, why your child might need a feeding tube, like how you as a parent decide. And it was all kind of centered around children, which I thought was interesting. And also a little like weird.
0: Mm-hmm. It's, it is crazy because, um, you know, like the, I mean, I could just picture a really compelling marketing campaign around adults with feeding tubes where they're just like, optimize your life. Yeah. like, optimizer yeah, like, <laughs> and then and then people it just seems like, well, like a, it seems like a science fiction
1: <laughs> like a science fiction future
0: yeah, where, yeah it does yeah
1: you know yeah. where where where, yeah. where where you're just like you know at a certain point you know once you're past a certain age it's like we well, can like get your feet in tube now because like it's time to work And you can't be, you can't be wasting all that time. Said like a true capitalist on feeding. (laughs) Um,
0: I wanted to, Olivia, I wanted to ask you about your, like knowing that your um, arthritis has affected your ankles um, primarily. Have you had any issues with mobility?
3: Yes, I get very, uh, like I'll get really bad flare-ups, uh, right after my diagnosis, I did get steroid injections, which, which helped for a really long time. And then around, like, I would say like beginning of college, I started to get really bad flare-ups again. Um, and so kind of just like knowing when I need to take a day, I've never like had to use mobility aid, which I'm thankful for, but kind of just knowing like today's my, I just, I have to take it easy today, and like you know, what like being cognizant, being aware of what kind of shoes that I wear. Um, and then recently, last year around this time, I started Humira, which is like I'm sure you've seen the commercials mm-hmm. for it.
0: yeah, I'm priced right, um,
3: yeah. And so, <laughs> I started those injections, and they they definitely helped me with the flare ups. But, um, yeah, the most like, especially in high school, I would have to kind of like hop out of gym class every once in a while, just being like, oh, This isn't not my day.
2: Mm. Yeah. Do you, considering that like you are living with a, what, what most people would refer to as like an invisible illness? Um, do you, have you faced any kind of, um, experiences where, where like you, you, you sort of get, um, maybe comments said to you that, that kind of point out to the fact that like, oh, you look fine, but you're like, what what's, what's this all about? Like, The idea that, like, oh, you're not in the hospital, so you must be fucking okay. Okay.
3: Yeah, so, like, that is something Uh, that I kind of do, like, let brush off my shoulder, but like, does very much, like, it just makes me think, because for the last, like, since the GI issue started my freshman year of college, like, I had been living with that invisible illness for so long, and, like, people were able to kind of, like, people that I was close with knew what was going on, so, like, they kind of knew if I was sick, and then this idea of like now that it's a physical thing like a physical feeding to the people can see it was much more like oh like now you're sick when like it was kind of just like a little different Mm -hmm. and I do think that the way that I kind of hold myself because I'm a very um I I'm I have a good work ethic and so like I still go to school and I still do the thing like I I major in stage management so I'm still doing shows and things like that and so like when I hold myself to that standard, I think people also hold me to that standard and kind of forget that I do have this underlying thing. Um, and like, I'll comment on it sometimes or like make like jokes being like, oh yeah, like, you know, that, like, well, you're fine. And, and that's kind of just like, sucks to hear. Cause it's like, you don't act like, you don't know what I was going through and you don't know what I'm currently going through. So I think it's just that idea of like, when there's no transparency, people, people like to uh, fill in the blanks with their yeah. own information. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: totally. Something that's, um, this isn't, uh, this isn't so much of a question or this is more something that is probably the, probably in the past year is the thing that I learned that blew me away. And I thought, wow, this is crazy that I didn't know this before. And I think it's crazy that most, that I don't think most people know this. And maybe you are aware of this, people as somebody who lives with an autoimmune disorder. Um, But I listened to
2: uh, a Radiolab episode. Dude, I wrote this Um, down. I wrote this down to bring this up. Yeah,
1: so we listened to this Radiolab episode, I don't know, probably sometime in the summer. Um, Are you familiar with Radiolab at all?
3: No. No.
2: It's like a. It's like She's a, a zoomer, dude. It's a, think it's she t- listens to fucking NPR radio? Get the fuck out of here! It's uh <laughs> She's all about MTV, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No and, TikTok, yeah, dude. TikTok. Yeah, t- yeah, right, 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 right. right. Um, <laughs> it's a, it's a, po- it's a,
1: it's a podcast. Um just like really, an internet really, radio dude, show. She doesn't yeah. know what a podcast <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah. <the> fuck? Christ, <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's a really awesome science <laughs> podcast, and um, and they they do an episode on on it's about it's about. Uh, The placenta actually Mm -hmm. is what it's focused on. But uh, as this like side story to the placenta, it goes down this this path where it starts to explain that, hey, isn't it interesting that like 75 or 80% of all people with um, autoimmune disorders are female? And then it starts to describe human evolution and how female immune systems have evolved over obviously thousands of years. To be overactive, because when a female becomes pregnant, the placenta, their their immune system is downregulated from the pregnancy. It causes their immune system to go down, so that females, in general, have evolved to have overactive immune systems, and they believe that because of that evolutionary trait, that's why. That's where autoimmune disorders come mm-hmm. from, from the average female having an immune system that is overactive compared to um, compared to uh, uh, a male's, and that it's it has done that to account for how it will become less effective during pregnancy.
0: And the reason why is because the placenta doesn't share the same DNA. It's a foreign object. It, so that's why the body yeah. starts to like f- feel like it has to go into attack mode.
2: And the why wi- the wild part about all this is that is that there are there are accounts of people out there that have immune disorders and and basically like perpetually utilize pregnancy to to sort of cure their disorder, so because it's like
1: while they're pregnant, while they're, their their disorder goes away. That's
2: right. While they're pregnant, their disorder goes not away. Everybody, so more, not no, everybody, no, but but but, but there the are more, people yeah. out there who have been like, well, I'll just keep getting pregnant, and it'll fucking the cure more com- my arthritis. Yeah. I was gonna disorder. say the more That's common thing. Crazy, isn't
1: that fucking wild? I'll we yeah. can, I'll forward yeah. you the uh, the episode because yeah. it like yeah. honest, honestly, it was like it was one of those things that you go whoa why is this not common knowledge like yeah, this is something yeah. that everybody should know and and i think especially because autoimmune disorders i feel like in general are really misunderstood and i think for for good reason they're complex and there's like a, mm-hmm. a really wide array of them that that present in really different ways and um i was listening to an epidemiologist the other day talking about covid and fucking vaccines and shit and it was like the, they were like, they were like, I don't know why everybody refers to hard science as rocket science. He was like, immune science is the hardest science there is. <laughs> right, right. Like it is, it is. If you want to be at the p- bleeding edge of what we are trying to figure out in science, it's the immune system. Huh. Like we just know. Let's start using so, that.
2: It's not, it's not immune science. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's start, yeah. let's new uh, that's It's yeah. yeah. that's
1: that's not, it's not. Doesn't quite have the sex appeal. Yeah. But, but rocket
0: we, but science is could. really easy. I mean, it's just like you put some a couple of gases together and yeah. light, 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 light them on fire. Yeah, yeah. It's literally yeah. 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 counting down. And then
1: sometimes it. it just blows up because you fucked up. You didn't do the rocket science well enough. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. If you
2: were doing immune science, you would have fucking nailed it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, just a sort just a, an interesting story to bring up because it's it's yeah. it just I feel like it gives this like I don't know. I feel like it I, I don't I don't live with an immune disorder, so I don't know. But like I feel feel at least like it gives this sort of like context to why, you know, people might be living with, uh, with these things that, you know, there's no, there's often no, or feels like there's no rhyme or reason why, you know, why you have this arthritis or why you, you have Bichette's or whatever. Now that, now that
2: you know this, are you going to like race out and get pregnant like ASAP to try (laughs) to. Yeah. Well, I thought about
3: that before and I was like, if I have this thing sticking out of my stomach, like would I be able to get pregnant? Because like, right. wouldn't it just rip out? Like, yeah, whoa, right.
0: oh, yeah. Oh, cool. that, is, that is a really good that's, question, that's but you, don't, right. you haven't gotten an answer to that?
3: I didn't ask because like, I'm not trying to get pregnant. And so like, I think that like, if I need to, I'll ask my doctors later on. But like, I think if I walk into my GI doctor as a 20 year old college and being like, so if I get pregnant, what's going on with this thing? I think she'd be a little, little thrown off. Well,
1: that's a good, yeah. I mean, that's a good, that's a great question to ask. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people are, you know, people get, people, people have babies. <laughs> so, you know, that they do <laughs> that, they, that they do. a lot of, people. I mean, you've come from the Catholic world. I mean, do you know anybody who has like 18, tri- 18 siblings?
3: My dad, not 18, go. but my dad has a lot of siblings.
2: Yeah. My, my, parents Very Catholic. Came, Class, yeah. classic Catholic. Yeah. Um, I, uh, the, we're coming up to time here, but, uh, the fact that we have you on the podcast, I think it would be a really great opportunity for us to learn something from you, uh, to stay relevant. Considering you are a Zoomer, do you have any cool, like, Zoomer <laughs> terms that, like, that we might not know about that we should be fucking using more to, like, stay cool with the kids?
3: Um, I've been saying, this isn't new, but I've been saying "sleigh" and yas a lot. Like, I know those are, like, old, but, like, I've been saying, like, yas. Like, like, I'll literally be in class and, like, my teacher says something like yas. Yeah, it's they, really they, actively they, listening. yeah. Those
2: They're two have sleet. staying power. Yeah, Slay's Slay is yeah. cool. Yeah. Slay. Your yeah, Royal Highness. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. 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 My lead. She- uh, oh, <laughs> <yeah>, um, <laughs> I I uh yeah. I had some of those. Olivia's Olivia's secondhand <laughs> embarrassment meter just went through <laughs> the fucking I, roof.
0: O- Olivia, I I wanted to actually ask while we were on um talking about talking about babies, but um more in the like present sense, um uh, I was curious about relationships. Um, has has your experience with your autoimmune disorder uh, affected dating or relationships at all?
3: A little bit. Um, it's definitely something that people are like, it throws people off type of thing. Um, especially when it was like in my face, like I'd like be out and like people would be like, what the fuck is that? And I'd be like, hey, <laughs> it's just, I was like, it's just an accessory. Like but um I yeah, just think that it's people-
2: just a dune nose candela those are cool the movie <laughs> just came out zendaya
3: well i used to have i used to like when i had it on my face i had like those fun like stickers so like, it could be like cheetah print or like hearts yeah, or, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Princesses. and so like that was always funny to navigate but now that it's kind of it's it's obviously more hidden and i'm able to like disclose it as i please mm. i mean anyone who isn't a complete like asshole would like be like oh yeah that's cool like good like glad that you're getting your nutrients. so it's definitely i think i think it's harder on me to kind of navigate that and see how i want to disclose that rather than people having like an a weird reaction yeah
2: yeah Yeah. 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 what would you say is the biggest thing that your experience with with uh arthritis and your experience with bichette's has has taken away from you
3: um i guess i just i i lack this sense of like normalcy And, um, I try, I do, I forget that sometimes, like I forget that like my normal is not normal. Like I, I will, I think, I think it's been timed out that every three months now I've had like this breakdown of like, I have a feeding tube, Like I am a college student and I have a feeding tube. And like, so I think going with that, with the arthritis and the shots, it's like, I have, I have very much made my situation, my normal, and sometimes it just clicks that like that isn't normal, and that's okay that it's not normal. Like I, you know, normal is normal is subjective, but um, I think just it just given me. I don't know if it's if it's directly taken anything away from me, but it's just given me a different path that I have to navigate.
2: What would you say is the biggest thing that it's given you?
3: Um, I think that it's given me a sense of um, strength and a sense of, uh, I have, I'm very uh, grateful that, that this is my worst, Mm. uh, that it's not that I'm able to, you know, go to, go to my rehearsals tonight. And like the, I was able to go to classes today and things like that. Like I have it much better than some people. And I'm very thankful
2: for that. Mm. Uh, you, you've said rehearsals a couple of times now. Can you tell our listeners what it is that you're, you're going to school for?
3: Oh yeah. Um, I go to school for stage and production management. So stage management, it's, uh, um, it's a role in, uh, in a theatrical process. It's a role in, in a lot of processes, but I'm studying it in a theatrical sense. And uh, they're essentially the person that uh, runs the rehearsal room and they communicate things from the rehearsal room to the designers. And then they're the ones that will later on like call the show, which means like they're calling all the cues. And then there's different roles in stage management. So there's like the assistant stage managers, which which run the deck and like all of the like scenery and props. And they coordinate all of that. So, um, it's kind of the job that like people know, like not, uh, people wouldn't think that people actually want to do that, but, uh, I, I love it.
0: Wait. So are you like, like to, in the, the way that like a conductor is to a band, you're like that for the theater?
3: Yeah. So, um, so they'll, they'll have, um, you know, they're calling script and so like they'll, they'll give standbys for cues and then they'll give the goes for cues. So, and then there's like different different ways to cue people so there's like cue lights and cue and like verbal cues and nonverbal cues so it's like yeah you're like you're you're conducting the show and the cues.
0: sweet
2: yeah Yeah. it's a cool job like a stage manager basically sits typically like backstage on the side or behind the you know the uh the curtain not i was gonna say the proscenium but i don't think the proscenium is not the uh proscenium is the the arch right
3: yes the i thing should, I, the should I should
2: fucking know all this because i went to theater school for fucking four years <laughs> um but but like we would like call the lighting cues so like call a lighting cue and the guy in the booth would like hit that cue as soon as it's supposed to happen or you know Sweet. feed someone a line in rehearsals and stuff like that you gotta it's a big job and and uh yeah. and and i feel like uh someone like yourself you seem like you you've got a pretty good head on your shoulders, and. I you know, aside from all the demons in your ankles, um, right, I think you're yeah. going to do really well. Yeah. yeah. And hopefully, you so you know,
1: maybe at one point in the future, you'll, you'll be able to
2: accept the body of Christ. Yeah. We'll,
3: we'll see. I keep trying. I, don't you should, know, actually, I have a stack should,
2: of wafers. Yeah. You should look and see if they have body of Christ in like in goop form so you can just shoot it right into your belly. That's so true. Yeah. How funny would it be if you went up and you were like, can you just toss it in here? Yeah. Can you just stick that in my pouch? Uh, Olivia, Thanks, thank you. This has been so, so fun. It was so nice to meet you. And thank you for taking time out of your day to, uh, to bring us through a little bit of your life in dealing with what you've dealt with. This has been really fun.
3: Thank you so much for having me. I
2: had so much fun. Thank you. Uh... Well, there you have it folks. Hope you enjoyed that conversation as usual. We are coming at you three times a week. You've got these Monday episodes where we talk to people living with illness, Wednesdays where we typically talk to experts in the field of healthcare, and then, of course, Feel Good Fridays every Friday where it's just the three of us dicking around and having some fun. If you want to support the podcast, uh, you can do that over on Apple Podcasts by leaving a rating and a review, or you could also just hit the follow button on Spotify and leave a, re- a rating on your mobile app. And of course, if you want to uh, watch the Friday episodes, they're always being uploaded to YouTube. You can find us on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe and leave a comment because we love hearing your thoughts. And actually, speaking about hearing your thoughts, if you ever want to reach out to us, you can write us a letter, letters at sickboypodcast.com. Or if you want to be a guest like Olivia was today, you can go to sickboypodcast.com slash contact. And that's where you can find the future guest form. We'd love to hear from you. Sick Boy Podcast is brought to you by myself, Jeremy Saunders, Brian Stever, and Taylor McGilvery. The sound design is coming from Donovan the Meerkat Morgan. The music from the podcast, this episode, was from the now-defunct band Take Part. And we are managed by Jeffrey Lovis. That is it for this week. Until next week, I'm Jeremy, and this is Sick Boy.